Just a quiet little family we got here. <laughs> John, how are you, sir? Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Hammer it? Okay, we'll give it our best shot. My water. <sighs> yes, I'm with you guys today. The team has made it safely to South Africa, praise God. 37 hours of travel total. Uh, Andrew and I dropped them off Thursday at 1 o'clock to Grand Rapids. And then from there, their flight left at 4. They went to Chicago, had a nine-hour layover in Chicago. Bless their hearts, man. And then from there, they went to uh, Saudi Arabia, and then from there to Cape Town. I'm like, we were talking about it. This was, was this Saturday morning? We were talking, and I was just like, yeah, dude. I was like, we, we dropped those guys off yesterday. He says, no, we dropped those guys off Thursday. I'm like, wow, and they're still not there yet. And this was, this was when we were talking about it. So it was, it was wild. But, um, yeah, they're probably going to get into some ministry today. Um, probably, I know Dylan was speaking in, a, in one of Shane's churches. Um, I got a picture from somebody this morning. So they're, they're six, six to seven hours ahead of us. Um, so pretty, pretty cool. But, yeah, as far as we get some more updates, we'll, we'll give them to you guys. So um, a quick announcement before I forget. May 15th, I believe it is, we're going to be doing Jesus Church second year um, birthday party. So that's going to be really, really exciting. I, I think there's more details to come with that, but just mark your guys' calendars um, going forward for that. Um, that. That was all I really had in, in that regard. I'm trying to think if there was more. Probably going to be like a potluck, and we'll, we'll get some stuff organized with that. So, um, yeah, just... It's crazy. Time just flies, man. I was just I was just talking to, to somebody out in the lobby. It was just like we started this thing two years ago in a small little one bedroom <laughs> basement, and God's just blessed it, and, and He's uh, showing us so much going forward. It's it's so so sweet. So, um, yeah, I have a couple things just on my heart. Uh, we won't we won't be here extremely long. I, I don't know if I got the couple hours that Dylan does in, in his uh, that what he normally does, but then we're gonna take communion together and just uh, just focus on on what God has for us. So um, I'm, I'm super excited, but I'm going to pray, get us into this, you guys, and then we're, we're going to see what, what happens. <clears throat> yeah, Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for the family atmosphere that we have here, where everybody's comfortable with one another, where we can discuss and talk through your word and what you have for us today. We ask that you would sharpen each other, stir each other up in love and good works. Um, I just ask that the words that come out of my mouth would be given utterance, that you would anoint them to bring grace to the hearers, every single person in this room, um, that we would all walk away encouraged, um, sharpened more to look like you and know you more. So we thank you, Father, for that. We thank you for your love. And we're just excited about who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, yeah, just, just some different things that we've, we've been kind of talking through um, lately. Uh, y'all know community is super, super important, right? Being, being in community with one another and, and just always being able to encourage one another with, with what's going on, just talking through some stuff. Um, <clears throat> I found that the goodness of God and a revelation of the goodness of God produces radical lovers of Jesus. When that, when that revelation is secure in your heart, and you, you grow in that more and more, it, it's a byproduct to just, to just be in love with people, to be in love with God, because you want to draw near to him, right? You want to draw near to who he is. If there's anything that comes against us in our lives, if there's any teaching or any, anything somebody says that makes you feel like you have to draw back and you, you don't want to come close to God, I dare say it's not the truth, okay? Like we were watching something on TV and, and this person was talking and, and it, was a, it was a ministry uh, a channel. And they just kind of slid in there really, really quick. They're like, yeah, my, my husband passed away. And, and I, don't believe it was, I don't believe it was the enemy. I don't believe it was evil. I think it was, I think it was God that took him. And just immediately right there, my mindset's just like, that is 100% not the will of God. That is 100% not his nature at all. Just believing, just believing something really subtle like that will all of a sudden start to put your heart in a place of like, man, maybe God isn't, isn't who he says he is. Maybe he's not as good as I think he is. And it makes you, it makes you just draw back from him. And I'm like, every time you have to question that stuff, man, because he did everything in his power with Jesus coming, coming to the earth and dying for us to bring us close. So if there's anything that's taking us away from him, it's not him. It's not the truth. 
And that's what that stuff tries to do. And, and when we know his nature, we know who he is, it, 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 it sharpens our mentality, it sharpens our heart to say, you know what, all this stuff these people are saying, it, it's not representing the nature of God. It's not representing his character at all. That's why being in the word is super important. That's why we don't put the scriptures on the screen, you guys. So the stuff that we're gonna go through today, I'm, I'm probably gonna jump around a little bit, hit some different scriptures, but it's, all of it is what, what it's doing when we're in the word, is sharpening and giving us a clearer perspective of who God is in his nature, and thus, and in, in return, giving us a true understanding of our identity. Because when we see him, we become more like him, right? Second Corinthians 3 says that, 18. We behold the glory of the Lord as in a mirror, and we're being transformed into the same image. Why don't we go there real quick? Second Corinthians 3. Man, I'm just amazed. It's the, same, it's the same lie from the garden. It's the same lie the enemy's been using all these years is questioning the character and nature of God in every, in every way. And we just fall for it all the time, man. And Jesus, is, Jesus has come and given us a true perspective of who the Father is. You never saw Jesus put sickness on anybody. You never saw Jesus take life from anybody. You never saw him take anything it was always giving, it was always life-giving, it was always for the benefit of somebody else. And then we say, no, no, this is who God is. When Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <clears throat> also, because, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, but because we're, we're super small today, questions and discussion, you know I love that. So I'm going to have, uh, we'll have the mic here. If, if anything just comes on your heart, anything you guys just stands out to you, you just have a question, we can talk through it, we can, we can get an answer, or I can just tell you I don't know, and that'll be good. <laughs> but I've always found that when we, when we open this up for, for just talking and discussion, it just brings that, that, family, that family atmosphere, that family heart where everybody's comfortable and we can learn together, right? Instead of just being preached at all day long, which is no fun. <laughs> John, preach it, John. Um, so in 2 Corinthians 3, look at, um, where are we at here? Yeah, look at, look at uh, verse, verse 14 is where we'll start. Talking about the children of Israel and talking about the old covenant, the contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. You understand, we're in the new covenant today. We're not under the old covenant, the old way of how, how God used to relate to man. It's the new covenant based upon Jesus and his finished work, his finished work, what he's accomplished through the cross. Not anything we can add to it, nothing we can take away from it. It's done, it's complete, okay? Check this out. Verse 14. So their minds were blinded. The children of Israel, their minds were blinded. You see how the, this is how, this is how the enemy works right here. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ, right? Because we're in Christ, that veil is completely taken away. We can see clear. We can see who God is perfectly fine. Even to this day, verse 15, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. When the, when the law is talked about, when someone's preaching the law, uh, the veil is, is, is put back in order. It's put back where people can't see clear and the minds are blinded. That's why you preach Christ and him crucified, right? Check this out. Because the veil is taken away in Christ. Even to this day, when Moses has read, the veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit. The Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Man, where is the spirit of the Lord in the new covenant? It's inside of us. Christ in us is the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27 says. And we're gonna, I'm gonna keep hitting on that, the glory of the Lord, and I want us to, to see this because it's not just the glory of God, but it's the glory of God in us, through us, manifested to the world. And, and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna show you from what happened with Moses back in Exodus what his glory actually is because that is what is under attack. The renown of God, the character of God, the nature of God, the, the tangibility of who Jesus is. In this place, in our workplace, in our family, the glory of God is inside of us, but it wants to be shown on the outside of us. 
He wants to show himself to the world around us. I always say it, we're just walking billboards for the grace, love, and character of Jesus. But, but we have to see how the transformation happens. We have to see what that looks like. So, where the, so now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 18, but we all with unveiled face, with unveiled face, our, our minds are not blinded, our veils are not, our, the veil's not over our face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Isn't that interesting? It's a mirror. You know where else it talks about a mirror? In James, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, when you look into the word of God, you look into what Jesus has come to do. You can see Jesus from Genesis all the way to Revelation, always looking at Christ and meditating, meditating on what Christ has done. When you see that, it's a mirror. It's like, okay, I see you, and now I see you because I'm seeing, I, I see myself because I'm seeing you. I see my reflection in your eyes. It's not just, okay, that was just Jesus. It's like, okay, who am I in you then? If this is what you came to do, what can I do as a result? Who, who, who am I, Christ in me, and me in Christ, and now the two have become one? And what God has joined together, let no one separate. It's like marriage, right? The beautiful picture that we have of marriage was first introduced through Christ in the church. It's amazing. So we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, this is how transformation is happening. Our being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I have written here, the glory of the Lord is righteousness by faith. That's the new covenant right there. Simply put, your righteousness, your right standing is based upon what Jesus came to do in his finished work, not anything else. And now every day you wake up, you say, I'm right with you, Father, today. I'm in right standing with you. You love me. You're for me. And everything that could possibly happen has nothing to do with my works. It's you. And I thank you for who you are. And I'm in right standing because of faith in you and in you alone. The glory of the Lord, if you guys look back, go to Exodus. Um, Exodus 30, where was I at? Yeah, 30, 33. I want, to show you, I want to show you this contrast of what he's talking about here. Because he's talking about Moses. He's talking about the, the ministry of the old covenant. <clears throat> but remember that, what, we, what we've been kind of talking about a little bit, that goodness of God, that he's, he's always good. He's never not going to be good in your life, in your family's life, it, it, for all of eternity. Like we're, we're not going to ever have God on trial. That's what, that's what blows my mind, man. Is people have God on trial in their minds. And they're like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out through circumstances, through life, if he's actually good. If he's actually as good as these people say. When, <laughs> when we're going to stand before him one day, and I promise you that stuff will never actually hold any weight. Because you're going to find out he is the author and giver of life and he holds your breath in his, in his hands. And we're, and we're the ones that we take this approach of saying, well, not really sure if you're actually as good as you say you are. Man, like I saw it one time. We were in group here on Saturdays when we meet with the youth. And, and we were talking about this kind of stuff. And it seemed like the, the conversation started to go in that direction. And I'm just like, I, I, I kind of felt like almost that, that reverence, that fear of the Lord in my heart. I'm like, God, we're going to find out that you're way more good than we could ever understand one day. And, and we're sitting here trying to, trying to like make sense of this and bringing circumstances in and past experiences. Like, well, this happened, and so now all of a sudden I got, God, I got to question the, the goodness of God. It's like, no, Father, I want to have a clear perspective of who you are. I want that to be completely settled, no matter what. We, we, we should have that one question taken care of in our hearts because of Jesus and him coming. If he didn't love us, if he didn't care for us, if he didn't want to provide for us, he would have never sent Jesus to die for us. So if that's not settled in our hearts going into any situation, man, we're going to be on sifty and shaky ground for sure. And the enemy's just going to take a foothold and it's going to get crazy. But we, we, we were talking about that. I'm just like, man, Father, I, 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 have, to, <laughs> I have to make sure that this is, this is preached and this is shared way, way more than we already are. Look at this in Exodus 33. So this is Moses on the, on the mountain with God. Um, <laughs> and I, lo I love the picture. When you guys know that the, the Old Testament, 
was written for our admonishment. It's not just so we can go back and, and look at history and everything. There's stuff in the Old Testament that shows you what you can have and what you can see in your life in the new because Christ is now inside of you. It was pointing to Christ. The Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed, okay? So when we look back on the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, we, we can see the, the character, the nature of God and what God has for us in the New Testament. So look at verse 14. Oh, look at, man, this is so good. Yeah, I know we need to go up, don't we? Yeah, look at 13. 12, I'm so sorry, you guys. 12 is so good. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found grace in my sight. How many of y'all know that's true for us today? in the new covenant. Come on. You found grace in the sight of the Lord and he'll never change his mind about you. He already made his his decision. He says, now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. Right, he's begging the Lord. He's like, I want want to see this clear. I want to know you more. Verse 14 And God said to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. That right there is pointing to the promise that we have right now with the presence of God in the inside of us. And Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Right, when you come to Jesus, he fills you with himself. He says, my presence is in you and and my presence is gonna go with you and I'll give you rest. Look at 15. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, Do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth. So the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. I just love he he keeps coming back to the grace that he's found in his sight. It's so good. And I know you by name. (laughs) And Moses just keeps going a little bit more. Verse 18, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my, what? Goodness pass before you. The glory of God is the goodness of God. That's what we have to see, you guys. In our lives, in our family's lives, the glory of God, what we're pursuing, what we're looking for, that he's put on the inside of us, the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, that's his glory. So I wonder if I was the enemy and I wanted to attack something, I wonder what it would be. I wonder if I would probably attack that one thing that's going to actually change people's lives, his goodness. Man, I'm amazed that, that we have these revelations and we have these truths that, that are secure and so much of the world doesn't know it. So many people, especially in the church, are, are, are not understanding it. You, you talk to some people and that, that truth is, is, is being attacked. And I'm like, I'm like, man, oh man, it, I feel like we're trying to go on to these other things, but this foundational truth that everything else is built upon, that you know structures and buildings, the foundation is the most important part. That one truth is being attacked. And so we're trying to build this skyscraper, but the foundation of the goodness of God and his love and his character is not, is not settled. And I wonder if we should be hitting that more often. Because, at, and then as a result, you're hitting your identity. You're hitting his goodness and his nature. The two working hand in hand, then you, you build something beautiful. You're building, it's, it's, it says that you're a house built up in, in the, the spirit. Keep going here. Verse 19. Right, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. <laughs> We're going to flip back to Second Corinthians here in a second. Look what he says in 21. The Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock, standing upon the revelation of Jesus. What did he say to Peter? Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
the rock of the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah, the one that came to take away the sins of the world, to take away our sins, past, present, and future sins, all taken care of and paid for, so that you can wake up in complete assurance of your salvation. Because it's not my blood that's speaking, it's not my sacrifice, and it's not my good works, it's what he did, forever settled in heaven. His blood speaking better things on your behalf, Hebrews 12 says. Look at 22. So it shall be when, while my glory passes by, I'll, I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll cover you with my hand. And while I pass by, then I'll take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. God is, he's saying that you're gonna see my glory, the backside of who I am. Moses is literally gonna witness this on the mountain. You're gonna see my glory. It's gonna be the goodness of God, but it's not even my face. In the new covenant, do you know what we look at? The face of Jesus. We look at the face of Jesus, the very image of the invisible God and the very goodness of God, the full extent and the full measure of who God Jesus is. Because we're not looking for anything else, man. We are not. We come here to talk about him. We come here to lift him high. We come here to show who he is and his character and his nature. And as a result, we draw near to him. And as a result, he draws near, he draws near to us. And he ministers to our hearts. And we minister to his heart. And it's this beautiful exchange, beautiful relationship with one another. We just, we just never can exhaust the person of Jesus. It's a bottomless sea of who he is. And forever into eternity, we're going to be talking about who this, who this person is named Jesus and how he perfectly represented the Father to us, how he perfectly, he, he perfectly executed salvation for us. And our goal is to become just like him in every way. So that spirit that's on the inside of you, is you're, you're growing more aware of, more in tune with, and it's being displayed in your life. And the image of God, the image that you're bearing to the world, looks just like his son which you are, daughter, son, family of God, born into the family, right? It's incredible. Go back to 2 Corinthians 4. I'll show you. Are there any questions so far? Comments? Second Corinthians 4. Look at Yeah, look at verse three. This is what it says. Paul saying, even if our gospel, this gospel of the new covenant, of what Jesus has done, it's a it's a stumbling block to those who are trying to earn God's favor and his love and his acceptance based on their own works, right? The, the gospel, you can literally translate it too good to be true news. That's why Paul was being stoned everywhere he went. That's why he was being persecuted because what he was saying was so contrary to us actually working to earn God's love. They're like, there's no way this could possibly, this is blasphemy 100% and they're going after him. But it's exactly what, it's exactly what we're reading. It's the good the good news, too good to be true. Way, way more. There's so much more grace, so much more uh, ability on your behalf than you could ever imagine. And we, we limit it so many times, you guys. We think it's, oh, it's running out, man. There's something I've done wrong. There's some mistake that I made. That It's a super abounding grace on your behalf is how you can translate the, the, the grace of God. Much more, it says in Romans 5. Much more the grace of God. And grace through the one man, Jesus Christ. So good, man. It says, even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel, notice what happens when you, when you share the gospel and you share the truth, light shines. It shines on people's minds. It shines on their hearts where it's veiled. The gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God? should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. 
Check this out right here in verse six. This is so good. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our heart, he has shown in our heart, past tense, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Man, oh man. He commands light to shine out of darkness, you guys. Those, those perspectives in those areas where we don't see clear and we're still blinded, we're still seeing something that's wrong, he commands light to shine into those areas. And that light is the glory of God. It's the face of Jesus. It's the character of Jesus. So like, let's say that you're, you're dealing with an identity issue, right? You're, you're not seeing yourself clear. You're seeing yourself contrary to how, how God actually sees you. And, and it's producing this, this wrong um, habitual lifestyle in, in your life. What he's going to do, he's not going to show you, hey, this, this is who you're not supposed to be. This is who you are. He's going to show you Jesus. He's, hey, look at my son. This is who I created you to be. He's before all things, and in him all things consist, and there was nothing that was made that was not made through him, Colossians says. So he's going to show you, I created you based upon Jesus. And now you have a mirror, and you look at the mirror, and you say, okay, I see myself in you. I see what you've called me to. I see, I see the lifestyle I'm supposed to live. And all of a sudden, you put faith in that, and grace comes and empowers you to change. Grace, the grace of God is unmerited favor, but it's also his divine influence upon your heart to change. It's not, it's not based upon you, you guys. It's not based upon your, your own efforts and what we can do and strive. His grace is empowerment by the spirit that lives inside of us. It's always seeing what we've been given, not what we're trying to earn and what we're trying to attain. Christianity is a matter of seeing what's already been given to us in Christ, seeing what's already been given to us in the spirit. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the new covenant. It's amazing. And I, and I feel like so many times we, we get so just used to it. We're like, yeah, yeah, I, I get that, man. Like, I understand. It's like, no, we, do, we don't get it. We don't understand. And that's why it's so good to, to, to constantly remind ourselves, like, man, we woke up with the spirit of God on the inside of us. That's, that's crazy to me, man. How, how are we not taking over the world, right? That's, what, that's what's amazing, Jesus was a man empowered by God. He was in right standing with God. He didn't have a sin nature. Jesus was baptized in water, correct? He was, he was fully man, yet fully God. But, but, but God doesn't sleep or slumber, it says. And Jesus slept in the boat. God, God doesn't eat, but Jesus ate. So he did what he did as a man empowered by God right standing with God, spirit of God. And he said, follow me. He, he, he didn't just say, sing to me or come to church for me. He said, hey, there's a, there's a life that I want to give to you that's gonna bring so much power, so much change, so much transformation to every area of your life that you'll begin to walk out what son of God looks like, daughter of God looks like. Because that image what was, is what was lost in the garden. The image of God, who he created us to be, you guys. And when we see him, we become more like him. When we come into these places like this, it should sharpen us and encourage us to say, hey, you have the image of God on the inside of you. You have it on the inside of you. And that, those layers are coming off and you're starting to see it clear more and more to where you can wake up in the morning and be confident. I'm a son of God today. That's my identity. I don't have my identity in anything else. I had a friend ask me that one time. We were, we were talking on the phone and I was just, I was just trying, to, trying to encourage him. He was kind of going through a bit of a, a tough time. And I'm like, I said, man, what are you like, what do you want to be known for? Like, who are you? Who are you, you know? And, and he started kind of going through these different things. He's like, he said, you know, I want to be a good husband and, and I want like, I want to be good at, at playing video games and I want all these different things. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, that's, that's all awesome and everything. But like, like, who are you though? Like at the end of the day, who actually are you? And he's like, man, I don't know like how to, how to exactly answer that. He's like, how would you answer that? I said, the first thing came out of my mind, off my mouth. I said, dude, I'm a son of God. Before I'm anything else, I have to believe that I'm a son of God. If not, I'm gonna find my identity in all these other things that come and try to, try to tell me who I am. And I'm gonna get to the end of my life and I'm gonna stand before the Lord and he's gonna tell me you were a son of God the whole time. That was the main focus of your life. That's what you were supposed to give yourself to. Okay, then I need to start right now. I need to say, okay, if there's one image of a son of God and his name is Jesus, then I'm called to look like that, that Jesus. 
I'm called to look like him and, and walk like him. And the empowerment's gonna come because that's how he created it to be. That was his system. That's how he, that's how he modeled it, right? John 1 says, to all those who believe in him, he gave them the power or the right to become sons of God. And God doesn't give birth to sinners. Right? He doesn't give birth to sinners. He doesn't give birth to mistakes. Every single person is valuable in the sight of God. And we, we have to believe that because you love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're seeing ourselves apart from what he's seeing and what, he, what he's declared over us, that's how we're going to represent it to other people. So it's important to see a clear picture of who we are, you guys. And you see it in the word. You see it when you look at the life of Jesus, when you, when you see Christ. Right? Any questions? Any, anything standing out to you guys? Okay. Go to, go to Second Peter. Second Peter one. <clears throat> this is so good. I was reading this earlier this week. I'm like, man, this is powerful. We got to hit on this. So look at this, Second Peter 1, it says, uh, I'll just, I'll start in verse 1. It says, to those, so Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So if you think Peter, you think Paul, you think James, you think John, these people that had great and bold faith, this is literally telling you you have obtained like precious faith with them. And it's only by the righteousness of God that you share with them. There, there's no partiality with God, you guys. They're not, he's not elevating one person and saying, well, I'm, I don't really have much for you here over here. It's the same faith, like precious faith. Every mountain is brought low and every valley is brought up and it's an equal playing field for every single person. It's grace. Every single person has been given that grace to walk in. Look what he says in verse two, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our, and our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. So grace and peace can be multiplied to you. You've been given grace and peace and it actually can be multiplied through the knowledge of God, through knowing God more, through growing closer and more intimate with him. You can, you can know it more and it can be multiplied to you. As, look at this, three, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. His divine power, it, the Holy, through the Holy Spirit, he has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's past tense, you guys. You've been given everything that you need. It's already wrapped up in this gift called the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And it's just a matter of accessing that. The, the whole idea of spirit, soul, and body, how your soul is like a valve that you can turn and let the spirit of God flow into your life through the soul into the body, into the life that we live. And it's called renewing the mind. That's what he's trying to change right here. He's trying to change the way that we think. That's why repentance is so key. Right? Changing the way that you think, thinking like you've never thought before. And it's by the, it's by the word of God. Look at verse four. This is what I wanted to hit on, right? By, by the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these, look at this, this is, this is so key, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, so through the exceedingly great and precious promises that we find in the word of God, all through the New Testament, in the, in the Old Covenant and all through the New Testament, we find these precious promises that God has given to you and he's never gonna change his mind about. 
through these precious promises, you actually can be a partaker of that divine nature that I'm saying is ours, that we all would agree, yes, he's called us to live with this power. He's called us to live just like him, with this same image, with the same nature. Right? When we, when we find promises that, that say that through the Spirit you have access to all the stuff that's been given to us. Right? When, when, when we, we start to see that he, he's... <clears throat> I'm trying to think of where that scripture's at. I think it's in 1 Corinthians 2. Um, but he, he uh, let, me, let me see real quick. Yeah, I think 2.14. Share. Oh, well. Come on. Yeah, you might share in the divine nature. That's so good. Hmm. Like here, like in First Corinthians two, this is what it says. It's 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 got a good a good promise here. In verse nine. I could quote it, we just we can just go there. All right, we've heard we've heard this before. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And a lot of people stop there. But look at verse 10. God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Look, this is the promise right here, you guys. The Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Thankfully, he lives on the inside of us. He lives on the inside of me. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. The, the, the promise that we have the Holy Spirit dwelling with us, that he's never gonna leave you, he's never gonna forsake you. You have this comforter with you that abides with you forever. These precious promises, we partake of this divine nature. We live with, we live with him every single day, you guys. You wake up with the Holy Spirit every day. It's communion and fellowship with God. I've heard, I heard somebody say it this way, that you get to know who God is in the 98% of life. Not, not, not just these gatherings, not just when we come together in conferences and all that stuff's amazing, but it's in the 98%, the day-to-day, work, family, whatever we're doing, that's when we actually get to walk with the Holy Spirit and ask him questions and say, what, do you, what are you saying about this? What, what do you have to say about this? And letting him speak to you. And you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna remind you of the word of God. He's gonna, he's gonna remind you of what you put into your heart. The stuff that you've been meditating on, the stuff that you've, that you've been walking through, he's gonna give you divine understanding for it in whatever situation that you're in. The, the, the promise is the Holy Spirit. He, he's the promise of the Father, right? It's amazing, man. It's, he, he's, he's the comforter. Go, go, to John, go to John 16. John 16. Mm, it's right, right here. Yeah, verse, verse 12. So as Jesus is saying this before he goes to the cross, he's telling his disciples, there's, there's still things that I need to tell you, but, but obviously you can't bear them right now. Verse 12. And you know why they couldn't do that? Because they did, not, they did not have access to the Holy Spirit yet. Jesus had not, he'd not been crucified and risen again. So the Spirit of God was with the disciples in the person of Jesus, but he wasn't infilling all the disciples yet. Indicating what we're living in today, the new covenant with the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, that what he was trying to declare to them is, is now made available to us too. Right? 
For I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Right there is another promise. He's going to guide you into all truth. Everything that you need. He's the guide. So we're not following anything else. We're following the guide that's going to take us where we need to go. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll tell you things to come. Man, I just love, I just love that the voice that we're hearing is the Holy Spirit speaking to us constantly. And he's always speaking. I believe that. I believe that the Lord is always speaking to us, you guys. Right? We just read that in 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He's always speaking. I just believe it's a matter of us tuning our, our, our ears to hear what his truth is actually saying to us. You know? In every, in every situation that we're in. He, he, can be, he can be sharing something to your heart, speaking something to you. But all of a sudden, he'll change it and he'll start speaking something to somebody else and wants you to share it with them. And it's a matter of discerning that. It's a matter of hearing that clear, right? I had a, I had a, friend, a friend call me to, this, this week, man. It was just like, hey, bro, I was, I was praying, and uh, I, just, I felt like you know, God was, was, was talking to me about you, and I just wanted to share and see, see what you thought. I, I could be complete, completely off. I said, man, just shoot straight. I'm talking just, he just let it rip, and it was right on. Three scriptures right down the line. He said, this is what I feel like has been going on. And I'm just sitting there like almost in tears on the other end of the phone. I'm like, bro, that is so, so good, man. And he's just spending time in prayer, and God drops it in his heart and says, yeah, I want you to encourage this person. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. So amazing. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Guys, I believe that the key to the new covenant is not, just, is not just the Holy Spirit in Jesus in one place, but it's now him living in every single one of us, everywhere we go. That's what God was trying to do. He was trying to fill man with his presence once again. It says, it says in 1 Corinthians 6 that he did not want to dwell in, 2 Corinthians 6, he didn't want to dwell in temples made with hands. But, it, but in, in, in a house that we're, we're being built up, that he can actually put his presence and his spirit inside of a person. Now, completely free from sin, completely uh, abolished from sin, that forever we have somebody advocating on our behalf saying that you are free. I love the fact that Jesus is the high priest, that he's the one interceding on our behalf, and it's not us. It's not us constantly having to go to God about all these things going on. We, we go to Jesus' sacrifice. We go to his blood, and he, and he is the one making intercession according to his blood. And that's what we're going we're gonna to do some communion here in a second. But like, there's a, there's a revelation and a truth in the blood of Jesus that can actually clean and cleanse your conscience. The thought and the, the, the remembrance of any sin that's ever happened to you or you've ever done, the blood of Jesus is the cleansing agent that, you, that he uses to do that. I believe personally, according to scripture as well. When we, when, we take, when, we, when we take the body and we take the blood and we remember the sacrifice of Jesus, we remember the cross, we remember what God has done and, and setting us free in pearls. It's what the human soul is looking for. It's that power, it's that blood that's actually cleansed us and made us pure. Go to, go to Hebrews 10 real quick. Hebrews 10, look at, yeah, look at verse 8. So look at this distinction between the old covenant, because we understand that the old covenant, they were, they were using animal sacrifices to atone for sin. Every, every year, they were, they were using these animal sacrifices, the blood of these animals, to atone and cover sin for a year. But there was a constant remembrance of it, constantly. And they would always come back, and they would always have to do these sacrifices more and more. And, and God was like, no, that's not good enough for what the new covenant's come to do. The new covenant's going to do way, way more than that. I'm going to show you. 
He says, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin, you did not desire. Look at the heart of God in this, you guys. He did not have pleasure in them. And these things are offered according to the law. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Jesus fulfilled the old covenant, the Old Testament. Fulfilled the law. It's it's not for us today. He fulfilled it. look Look at 10. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We just, once for all, you guys. By that will, we've been sanctified. Sanctified, set apart for a holy purpose through the offering of Jesus. Verse 11, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. You see the foreshadowing that there is some, there is a sacrifice that takes away sins. This man, Jesus, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, I have that underlined in my Bible, forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Verse 14, for by one offering, he's perfected forever those who are being sanctified. At some point, you guys, we have to believe that this is true, that he has perfected forever by his sacrifice those who are being sanctified. Once for all, in your spirit, your born-again spirit, you are 100% perfect. You can't get any more perfect than you already are. Through what he's accomplished, you guys, forever, we're gonna find out that's true as time goes on. We're gonna, we're gonna, have, to, we're gonna have to believe that at some point, that he's actually recreated us in true righteousness and holiness. Old things passed away, all things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus, and that is your identity. He sees you clear. He sees you pure. And it's wrong. It, it, we cannot entertain a thought in our mind that he doesn't have about us in his. Because it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be to entertain a lie. And this is something I was thinking about too. It's not a matter of us getting other people to agree with us either. You understand Jesus was 100% perfect and they killed him as an imperfect man. He, he was perfect. He, everything he did, everything he said, 100% perfect. And they said, no, blasphemer, he, he's, a, he's a drunk, he's a glutton, kill him. So we're not looking for other people to say, yeah, and validate this. We're not looking for other people to say, yeah, yeah, I see that you're, that you're perfect. I see that, you're, that you're, you're right in the sight of God. No, I just need to believe that what he's saying is true and I have to agree with him. Regardless of anything else, because that's the, that's the testimony that's gonna stand. His word and what he said is true about you, that is what ultimately is gonna judge us in the last day. What he's spoken, he's not gonna take it back. It's a matter of us believing that and being assured and, and steadfast. What you got? You want a mic? Knowing and doing is two different things. Anybody else? Have you ever heard that? Yeah, what must we do to work the works of God? Exactly. It's a matter it's a matter of believing it. That that's what we we're talking about. That's why there's no God's not gonna He's not gonna be partial with people. And like, well, this person has this special faith and now they have the special ability to believe. It's 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 presented for every single person. And I love that this is universal. Every person has access to this, these same truths. And it's just a matter, okay, I believe this. I put my I put all my eggs in this one basket and I'm saying I'm going with him. I, I I'm not going back, I'm not changing my mind about anything. It's all in and nothing else. That's Christianity. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Denying yourself, picking up your cross, and you're following him. Forsaking all others, clinging only to thee. We say, we say it at, in, in marriage. We say it at ceremonies. It's true, man. That's what it looks like to believe and be established in that truth. And when you start there, then all of a sudden he, he gives grace. 
more and more and more as you head forward in that direction. And you start to see the power of it in your life. That's so good. It's good. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly, man. Right. We, have to, we have to settle this stuff in our hearts, you guys. It has to, we, have to, we have to be assured of this. One more scripture, and then, and then we're going we're gonna to do some, some communion together. Look, look at, uh, just keep going here, verse 15. The Holy Spirit also witnesses to us after he said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Notice that he made the covenant with you. you. You had nothing to do with it. All you are is a beneficiary, and you receive it. The lesser is blessed by the greater, it says covenant making one-on-one I will make with them after those days says the Lord I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more I love what it says I will I will I will I will all the way through this their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more And now where there is remission of these, there's no longer an offering for sin. And therefore, brethren, we have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of this sacrifice, you have boldness to approach God. So I wonder if there's ever a time where we feel like we don't have confidence and we don't have boldness to be with the Lord, to go into prayer, to go into settings like this, we probably have lost sight of the fact that the blood of Jesus has made you pure. We've lost sight of the fact that the blood of Jesus has approved you and actually qualified you to be in the presence of God. It's based upon that and that only, you guys. But what the enemy's gonna try to do is, is blind our minds and blind our eyes to, to say, you know what, no, that's probably not actually true. And now you gotta do all this other stuff in order to be approved. When you have 100% access and confidence and boldness to come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, Hebrews 4, based upon the blood of Jesus. Man, we could, we could spend so much time on this and just, let, and just let it transform our minds in the truth of it. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, it's the basis of the new covenant. It's what Jesus said in, in Luke 20, 23, I think it is. He says, this is the new covenant in my blood. You do this in remembrance of me. Man, we, we, have, we have every right, you guys, to approach the Lord in every situation that we're in. We have every right to be with him and let him speak truth over our hearts. Don't ever buy that lie that you can't be with the Lord. Don't ever buy that lie that you can't be confident when you're with him in prayer, in whatever situation. It's his blood that qualified us. It's his sacrifice, man. And that's the grace of God. If, if we're gonna meditate on anything, let us always meditate on what he's accomplished and what he's done. Not on what we need to do better. Not on what we need to, to, to try harder in. Man, he's, a, he's, he's done it. He's, he's already finished it. I feel like I've been hearing the Lord say to me constantly, Jared, you're free. You know you're free, right? You're free. Just a little whisper, right, at, at times. I'm driving, I'm doing something. Hey, you're free, you know that, right? And I'm like, I, I think I know that, you know? And he's just more and more, Jared, you're free, you're free, you're free. I'm like, praise God, Father, thank you. And you know what you ask him in, in prayer, in times with him? Man, I thank you for fathering me in these truths, right? Something that you're growing in, something that he's, he's teaching you and talking to you about. Father, I ask you that you continually father me with this. Don't let me, don't let me become negligent of it. Don't let me just put this on the back burner, man. I want the gospel to be the life and the breath that I have in, in, my, in my life. I want to walk in this all the time. It's the power of God until salvation, you guys, right? So I think, I think I'm going to invite you guys up to do some communion here. Um, so what we can do is have you all come up. Nate, if you want to play for me. Um, we got the bread and juice. If you want, just take it back to your seat. So, um, yeah, please, if y'all would join me, come get your stuff. Then we're going to do it together.
like we've been talking about we're just we're just remembering what he's already done for us this is not a time for us to, to focus on ourselves in any way but focus on him focus on his love for us okay and so we're just going to take some time here and just begin to remember man the fact that you're not the same person you used to be that Jesus has washed you clean and pure. And he's changed your heart. He's changed your life. He's given us life that we never thought we could have. And his grace and his power is very sufficient for us. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit, for just ministering to us right now. Just ministering to our hearts right now. body was was beaten, bruised, bloody, maimed for us to be whole and forever God you have settled your will for wholeness for us. If Jesus was broken then you want us whole. 
every single sin, every single curse placed upon the body and the flesh of Jesus. He became a curse for us that we would become righteous in your eyes, pure in your eyes, holy, blameless, and above reproach. We thank you that there is physical healing available in the body of Jesus. That we're going to discern the body correctly and see what's available through it. And Father, we thank you that as we partake of the body of Christ, that love for one another, that love for the brethren, that love for the for the church would grow in our hearts for the very body of Christ. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we bless you. We honor you. supposed to um, the other day just picture this in your mind's eye I was, I was taking communion and I felt like I saw the Lord and there was blood everywhere on the floor, on his legs on his, on his shoes and his hands were touching his side and his midsection, covered in blood and he said is, is it not enough this is the only way to walk free. And you could see such an emphasis on his blood in this picture. Man. Jesus, we don't make light the we don't make light the blood that you that you shed for us. The only remedy for what sin had done to us is your blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. But we thank you through your sacrifice. We thank you for what your blood has done. It's brought us near. Because that's been your will the whole time, is for us to be really, really close to you. Close proximity to you. have to shout to us but it can be that tender whisper that still small voice thank you for what your blood has accomplished that it always speaks love it always speaks purity it always speaks righteousness over our lives and you're always interceding for us based upon what it has accomplished as we remember what you've done. We thank you that it cleanses our conscience, removes us from any situation in the past that we, we might have been in. We no longer see it because your blood actually cleaned it and purified us from it. Yeah, you washed us, Father, white as snow.
it's always pointing us, you guys, back to him, back to his sacrifice all the time. I would encourage you guys that whenever you have time to be taking communion by yourself, there's both that physical healing and that and that cleansing that happens in your conscience, the word talks about. There's a lot of power in communion. I love how the Lord gives us something tangible because he knows that we need it as humans of his love. So I can always I can always come to him and just say, Father, I'm here, I'm here to remember, to set my heart back into a focus that needs to be on, recalibrate my heart. Um but but yeah, I just I just believe, man, as a church that we're we're always going to constantly come back to the gospel and come back to the power of the cross. I don't think we're ever supposed to leave that. We just look at it from different facets and different ways, but it's the it's the the necessity of heaven for us to live in that in that atmosphere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as as we close, I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for us um, as we as we get done. Um, I'll be up here for for ministry at the end. If you guys need any prayer for anything, um, we'll have uh, we'll have somebody in the back as well um, for prayer. But. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thankful for, for God just giving us a greater perspective of his love for us today. Um, and so, yeah, with that, I'll pray us out of here and you guys are going to be blessed and have a good week, okay? Oh, thanks, Father, for another good day. Just showing us who you are more and more. Yeah, giving us your love, giving us your, your spirit. And just helping us to walk in this and grow in it. We're so thankful. Yeah, we're thankful that you're, you're going to show us this week more opportunities of how we can share the love of Jesus with people. Walk in the power and the confidence of the Spirit and grow closer to you. Grow more intimate with you. May that tender voice, that tender whisper that tells us to come away, that to, to come and spend time with you, may it be so loud in our heart that we want nothing else. so thankful for every person in this place their hearts for you that you see them pure you see them spotless and that's never going to change so we bless you we bless them in Jesus name we thank you amen amen awesome well yeah you guys have a wonderful week there's going to be snacks and everything out there um, like I said, I'll be back here or up here for prayer. Um, if you guys need anything to just stand in agreement with, with if you need divine healing in your body, anything like that, we, we believe that the power of God is available to us. And if there's anything going on, we, we'd love to stand with you and pray. So that is all I have. I am done. <laughs> love you guys. Thanks for everything.